Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You are listening to Missed Apex iRacing Podcast. Let's get faster. Welcome to Missed Apex iRacing Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Spanners Ready, and I'm joined by Matt Two Rumpets. Hello, Matt. Hey there, Spanners. How are you doing today? I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm feeling good about my iRacing. Either I had a little break actually, because well, you know, stupid work, needed to like yeah. eat food and stuff. And I missed it. I it, it made my heart fonder for iRacing. And also I'm glad because I missed Long Beach, which seemed a bit rubbish. But then we jumped into Suzuka, classic iRacing dilemma, which is I absolutely love it, but I'm terrible at it. So I both want it to continue and do more and also I, I'm guarding my eye rating jealously now. Yeah, well, it's it's one of those tracks. It is one of my favorite tracks to drive, but I cannot claim to be even remotely competent around the thing, if I'm being honest. And uh, don't worry, guys, Matt isn't our expert today. We don't have Brad, but we are uh, substituting in Dory underscore N. Hello, Dory, and how's it going? Hello, Desert Brad here. How you doing, boys? Substitute Philpot is what you are. Desert, <laughs> yeah. Do you call yourself Desert, desert Brad? Brad? Desert Brad. There you go. Okay. I'm the Desert Brad. I live in the <laughs> desert and I want to be like Brad. That's, you, that's how it goes. You're in Israel. You're not in an actual desert, are you? No, no. I'm, oh. I'm, always, I'm always joking about it. Everything here is pretty mountainous, actually. So. Ah, excellent. Um, right. You, I should have introduced you first, really. You have by far the highest I rating between the three of us. You're pushing for 5K at the moment. Y- yeah, just just reached uh, four point nine the previous race, uh, and two more races. Hopefully, if not three, then it'll be five k. I'll I'll should make a video about it. So uh, so Brad has been really struggling to get to seven k. It's been his kind of his white whale, and every time he gets close, he seems to have a technical fault or get taken out by someone, and um, <laughs> and he's finding it a nightmare. And I I often feel like Brad is actually restricted from enjoying eye racing by his eye rating. Like you at 5k, do you not find it holds you back sometimes or stops you doing things? Not yet, but I already thought about that and how it might limit my participation in the future. I already bought a Smurf to make sure I can do the fun stuff because <laughs> uh, really after a certain point, 5.5, 6k, you kind of hit a wall where if the strength of field is low, then you're really putting yourself in danger. If if you're having a bad race and you're gonna, I don't know, crash out and end up, uh, you know, getting last place, then you might lose an amount of I rating that will take you a week to recover. Yeah. 
So you can only participate in very specific splits at certain at certain hours, and there's a lot of stress that comes with that. I bet it has nothing to do with how Brad drives his yeah. white whale. It's it's about his mindset. He's like, come on, I want to get there. And as the closer he gets, the pressure just you know mounts up. It might be actually. We were talking a lot about mindset in our Slack group, Matt. I don't know if you caught that conversation, but one of our our swarm drivers was talking about just having a nightmare at the moment and just yeah. bleeding eye rating, and it's put him from like top split in F three all the way down to like third or fourth split. And we were actually talking about that mindset of fighting individual battles too hard. And and Dory, the comment that came in was like, "I'm a two point four eye rating driver in my mind." I'm stuck in third split. I should be beating all these mugs. And then you get into more and more trouble. So it's weird how the I rating is like an identifier within the sport. Yeah, it, uh, basically it's about patience. Uh, you lose patience when you, when you feel like you're the fastest driver in the grid. If, if you messed up your quality and you're, you're in fifth place instead of pole position, you're <laughs> going to have an attention span of, of a five-year-old. You, you're just going to... You're going to be super aggressive and, and needlessly because you're already faster. All you have to do is apply pressure and just wait for your turn. But it, it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. I cannot possibly relate to this. I messed up qualifying <laughs> yesterday and was in 22nd, uh, not 5th. Uh, okay, Matt, I can absolutely beat that. I ended up in a 3,000 strength of field F3 race. It was top split, so that's great. But I absolutely nailed qualifying. I was like... I have sunk that black and I was dead last of all the people who set time. So I was 20th having thought, yup, I'm there, boy. Nice qualifying, mate. <laughs> so that kind of sucked. Uh, right. Where were we? Oh, yes. You can't have a Smurf account, Dorian. Is, is that where you have like an alt account? Is that? Yeah, I'm only going to use it for silly stuff. Um, I might do, uh, I might do. Let's get to 4K I rating only with Formula V or something. Ah, like, I just, see. Just the like maybe try to race with only 80% throttle against rookies. Okay, that's sort of that sort of ideas. Those are the things that are running through my head right now. It, just to make things fair. It know? is. It is a shame that there's no kind of formal mechanism for. I would call you one of the elite guys to to then participate. Um, yeah, because if you go to Formula V, you're going to have like. 700 a thousand strength of field and it's not worth you going but i suppose they could argue well we we don't actually want dory who's amazing in the formula v ruining it for the rookies yeah that's why i try to i mean i agree with that smurfing is is potentially bad but first thing is that someone who's experienced as i am he's going to get into rookies within two three races he's not going to be there anymore so he's going to be in a much higher I rating. He's already going to be in a 2K split and then a 4K split. So he's going to end up at his level very, very quickly. It's not like when he just got on the service and had to learn everything all over again. So it's, it's, it's a short amount of pain. <laughs> it's, it's, you, don't, you don't suffer for long from those people. But uh, yeah, I, I forgot my second point. No, it's way. okay. No, I mean, my kind of relief from if I don't want to ruin my I rating is the Lucas Oil Trucks. So I can jump in the Lucas oil trucks and have a really good time. And uh, I think I'm decent at that. But actually, I think the dirty secret with them, Dorian, I don't know if you've tried it, is I don't think anyone's good at them. <laughs> I think everyone's just <laughs> randomly flying over the, the jumps and hitting walls. Why is it called smurfing? I have no idea, Mark. Oh, you're, no you're reading the live chat. Look, we've got um, 
uh, a name which is written in Hebrew. My Hebrew is a, a little rusty, so you'll have to tell me how to pronounce that. <laughs> that user's Ariel. name. Ariel. Okay. Hello, Dorian. Uh, Ariel says, you're number one. How do you... Uh, how you do... How do you manage time... the tires? I'll oh, translate. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So basically saying, calling you a, a tire whisperer. And uh, are you a tire whisperer in iRacing? Uh comparatively speaking i suppose i mean it, it, it depends on who you compare me against people in my class like four five k drivers three k drivers it, it varies dramatically some people are just insanely good on tires i would say i'm in the 20th percentile so to speak okay well uh, i have no idea because me and matt i mean matt we've been just using the f3 tires really and they they last forever bar a bit of yeah. overheating yeah, well, in the endurance racing I've done, it occasionally oh, yeah. comes up as an issue. But I tend to be good on them, but I don't tend to be good on them because I'm good on them. I tend to be good on them because I'm just, like, that much slower than everybody else I'm racing with. <laughs> so you're not pushing. So what, why don't you teach us a little bit, Dory? Can you can you tell us the secrets to preserving preserving some tyres? How can we Perez ourselves? And actually, which which series is it where you find that the, the tyre preservation is useful? Are we talking more like GT3, IndyCar? Well, it depends on the, on the on the race length. Uh, in GT3 fixed, it's 20 minutes. Not really thinking about the tire wear as much as I'm thinking about the tire temperature. And that's the same thing I did with uh, F3s. I do that with every car I drive. First things first, the tire temperature leads to tire wear. That We all know that. Right. Yes, we all uh, know that. Matt, nod. <laughs> so if your tire is overheating and it's over pressure, uh, then... Uh, it has too much pressure, then it's going to wear out faster. So you want to manage the, the front and rear tires temperatures, and that will lead to better tire wear. Okay, essentially. So, so what I heard was magic happens, then it's better tire wear. The, the <laughs> then big, it's better. <laughs> the, the big bracket there was just manage them. How, how, what are you doing? What are we actually managing? Because is Matt's method of just driving like grandpa, is that the one? Or using is... as little brakes as possible without losing pace. Oh, so overbraking is so I'll break earlier just so I can break softer. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'll okay. try to carry more speed uh, into the braking zone instead of trying to break as late as possible. Even though it could be it potentially could be the same amount of uh, lap time, the same lap time. But if I can not, if I can avoid losing pace by braking earlier and ten percent less, that's what I'll do in every car. Okay, so I wasn't really thinking about braking as being part of tire wear. Is it because you're introducing heat into it? And of course, yeah. I guess you know you've got the retardation of trying to slow down uh, the uh, slow down your pace by using the tires. Essentially, when you're braking, you're stopping the wheels from turning, and they grip the ground and slow you down. That heats them up. I guess the drums heat them up as well. But I've not really thought about this. So even in F3, where overheating tires can cause you problems, should I consider sometimes you know just braking longer? Yeah. The, the way the tire model works in iRacing in general is that under braking, the tire temperatures spike up like crazy and then immediately right. get reduced. Very quickly, they, they, they go back to normal. So uh, in that process, if you're trying to turn in while the tires are boiling hot, then you're going to have excessive wear, understeer, you're not going to be as quick into the corner. And I always talk about that in my uh, my F three track guides, where uh, you you want you want to peak very high, but you want to release very quickly because you don't want to ride the brakes all the way into the corner. You want to carry as little brakes as possible while you're turning in that initial turn in where all the load is on the front tires, 
if you overheat them slightly, you're just going to wash out. You're going to understeer. Okay, so hang on. Hang on a minute. Right, let's break that down a little bit. Matt, does that make sense to you? Uh, yeah, fundamentally, as he's described the physics model of how the temperatures apply to the tires, it makes a lot of sense to me. You want to get on the brakes early, reduce your speed, and then lighten them so the tires return to the temperature where they have maximum grip, i.e. like in the sweet spot. And it's happening that quickly, the temperature spikes. So like you can cool them down by getting off them a little bit before you start you know, your main turning. By the time you're on the exit, leaning on the rear tires, the front tires have cooled, have cooled off. Ah, okay. So, so I get it, to watch it's this. Very, uh, it's very, you know, minute. Matt, Matt. Okay, so I have two questions. One is racecraft. The other is uh, just simply a braking question, which is a lot of times people say, oh, you should trail brake into that corner. Yeah. You, should, you should brake all the way to the apex. Is this a technique you can use with trail braking? That's my first question. No, that's exactly what I was thinking. Great question. So trail braking is a technique that basically manages the weight of the car and uh, allows for less slip from the front tires so you'll be have better turning throughout the corner. So if you're minimizing the slip, you're minimizing heat. If you're minimizing heat, you're getting more grip and minimizing wear as, as a result. So absolutely. Ah. Okay, and what was your race craft question, Matt? And and this actually, this uh, you were talking about being patient earlier. I was trying to be patient when I started from twenty second and wound <laughs> up getting absolutely nabbed mm. at the chicane by someone who was being less than patient with the person they were trying to get around. But if you were going to break earlier, and you've got people like behind you, how do you manage that? Like, okay, well, I want to break at the hundred meter board into the chicane, but I know I can break later than that, and other people are. So, so what's the answer there? So, basically, if you, let's say you were supposed to, where do you think you were supposed to qualify? Like, if you, if you nailed your lap, uh, somewhere between eleventh and fourteenth. Okay, so eleventh and fourteenth. That means the people in twenty-second place, if they indeed uh, did a good qualifying mm-hmm. run and that's their pace, then it doesn't matter where you both break. You're going to be faster into the apex. If if you break earlier and they break later, you'll still reach the apex sooner because they're losing a ton of pace somewhere. They're losing a lot of time. And if not, then you'll, by all accounts, be able to overtake them on the exit. It's it's not uh, you, you don't have to think about, you know, if I'll break early, then someone will overtake me because they, they might jump, get the jump on you just a little bit. But yeah, into the breaking I'm zone, you, into yeah. the apex, they're going to lose all that time back. And you'll be able to either switch back on them or just, you know, be first to the apex and close the door. It's amazing on the braking recently. I, I found that, well, because Kyle's just been yelling at me too, is, is to not treat every corner like you're stamping on, you know, on the brakes for a hairpin and a go-kart. Uh, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of corners where you have to subtly manage your braking. And Suzuka, where F3 is this week, is a, is a prime example of that. So like into Degna 2. For example, you're braking a lot longer down the hill than you normally would, and it's quite a light brake. And also, around that horrendous second turn in spoon, uh, going on to the towards 130R, you're just you're doing a light. You're not even using the brakes really to stop. You're using the brakes to to steer. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's been that's been a journey. And I think that's why I'm slow at Suzuka because that's a I'm very binary with the brakes, Dory. I can I can stamp on them pretty well, but it's it's that kind of light control that i struggle with well once you understand the theory of 
brakes and throttle are there to manage the weight of the car and not to decelerate or accelerate and then do 50,000 laps, you'll click with it one day and, and you'll just start you'll start steering with the brakes and the throttle instead of trying to do everything with the steering wheel. Steering wheel is just to initially point me towards the right direction. And from that point on, everything I'm doing to correct the car, to make it wash out, make it go tighter and not lose the rear end is going to be with the pedals. I, for one, would like to hear slightly more explanation of this weight management system with brake and throttle, if we have the time. Is that all right, Dory? We're using you as a bit of a a, a teacher. No worries. That's why I'm here for uh, well, basically, when you brake, you put weight on the front tires. When you accelerate, you put weight on the rear tires. Now, we can react to either understeer or oversteer with weight transfers. Instead of trying to correct them with the wheel, we're going to react to them with weight transfers. So if I'm losing the rear end, I'm going to have to ask myself where I'm losing the rear end. If it's on corner entry and I got all the weight in the front tires, and I'm losing the rear end, that means I need to apply more weight on them. And I'm going to start touching the throttle just a little bit to stabilize it back, put some pressure on it, just like you would with extra downforce if you could just add downforce to the car. So that, that's the idea of, of basically managing the weight. If on the corner exit, I'm understeering while, while accelerating, then I'm going to lift the throttle a little bit to put some weight back on the front tires and prevent the understeer on exit as he leaves while I speak. It's how rude. <laughs> well, and uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I, how I go about it. I mean, it's just, if you're understeering and you're on corner entry, then you want more weight on the front tires. It's basically putting the weight where you lose the grip. That's, that's the, that's the theory around it. Okay. So this requires me to sort of identify then what's going wrong in the turn. Yes. Um, But as I think about like my approach to a turn, um, okay, well, let's start since I was complaining about the chicane at Suzuka. Let's say I'm coming up to the entry to the chicane at Suzuka. How would I want to manage my weight going into that turn? You're talking about the final chicane? The final chicane, yes. Okay. So final chicane, you're... First things first, you're going to start with the braking. So you're coming in, it's the hardest braking point on the track. So the first thing you want to do is manage the front tire temperatures. So you want to peak high and release quickly and trail brake all the way into the apex and just have as minimal amount of brakes right as you mount the apex. Now, as soon as you mount that apex, it's going to upset the car. Naturally, there's a big altitude change. So it's going to bounce the suspension around. So you want to give it a little bit of throttle to put some weight on the rears, stabilize to the car, so we'll mount that curb. Uh, interesting, uh, Imola as well, the final chicane at Imola. That, that's something that Kyle was yelling at me for as well, was he's like, yes, get onto the curbs a little bit, but actually you just need a little bit of throttle to help the, the wheels kind of rotate the wheels, have the weight at the rear uh, to, to help you stabilize. And that's the last thing you want to do when you've hit a big curb and your VR is shaking you around the place is apply throttle. You're hanging on for dear life. Yeah, you, you, you want to get some weight on the rear tires and you want to have more momentum and have the car be, I guess, uh, inertia-wise, it will be heavier while mounting the curb if you're using throttle. So we'll have more inertia. That, that way the, the curb won't upset it as much. 
Okay, cool. Um, look, this is really interesting that we've gone down the the tire management and the weight management route. Just to kind of uh, wrap up the the tire management and get back to that just for a second, we covered basically tire management on entry. So we want to make sure that we're not cooking the tires on braking. Traditionally, I had thought really the main tire wear came from leaning on it in the corners. Is is that not so? Not necessarily, no. Uh, the braking, the point where you brake and initiate the turn in is the point where it's the easiest to max out the tire. So the tire is always going to have an X amount of grip. That's not mm. going to change unless the weather changes and whatnot. But the tire will always have an, a constant amount of, of grip. So the easiest way to use that, uh, I don't know, 100% of that grip is to brake and turn in and that way, the tire will let you know exactly where it's mm. given up. So under brakes, while turning in the car initially to the corner, that's where you're using the most out of the tire. Inside the corner, it's way, way harder on, in a mid-corner while, while you reach the apex to really be on the limit. That's how you get it to be Max Verstappen. He knows how to do that every time. <laughs> okay, we're not probably don't. there. We're not there, Matt. I don't most think of us don't. We're yeah. humans. <laughs> we breathe air and stuff. Yeah. So we, we can't do that. Uh, but But... We can, uh, the way someone like me, a pleb, would try to get close to his pace would be to uh, be as uh, as uh, accurate as he is under brakes where it's easier for me to reach the limit and then take it a little bit easier through the mid corner. This is absolutely fascinating because one thing I had accidentally kind of discovered uh, with the F3, some some tracks towards the end of the race, you do struggle a bit on entry. And I have been moving my brake bias forward because someone suggested it once. And that has been at least just helping that entry stability. Now you're shaking your head. You think that's not my solution if I start losing the rears? Were you? Oh, you were losing the rears. Yeah, I was losing Sorry, the rears. I thought a you were bit. losing the fronts. And yes, no. absolutely. You want to move the brake bias forward. Um, some drivers, uh, Alan Day, who I mentioned earlier, he will change the brake bias per corner, like a proper mm. racing driver. I can't do that. Don't have the attention span. <laughs> And I'll make a mistake. I'm not as adaptable as he is. But I will change it through the course of a race. Even when I'm doing a brand's hatch right now with the GT3s, the fixed race. So it's only 20 minutes. But I can already feel the front tire starting to let go past lap six, lap seven. And I will click it back once or twice. That will bounce the car out a little bit. Ah, that is interesting. So Suzuka is the only place I've been tempted to change it uh, from corner to corner. Because you've got that turn one where I feel like I want to be sharp on the front to get that turn in on that kind of sweeping two-stage right-hander and but then the rest of the lap you're kind of dragging your brakes into Degner dragging your brakes into Spoon and that's when I want it a little bit a little bit further back um, but you're right I probably don't have the attention span either uh, Matt yeah so one thing I've noticed about my own driving style and well this is interesting because if you take spanners and me we tend to be better on different kinds of tracks like he tends to be faster on some tracks. I tend to be mm. faster on the other. But one thing I notice about the way I like to drive the car is I really feel like I like to have it slow as early as possible and then be on the throttle. And I think that may be because I have a difficult time, I think as Spanners mentioned as well, with sort of these lighter percentages braking. Oh, brake consistently at 20%, like 50%, 60% I can give you. But like even in Suzuka and to um, Entering Spoon, there's a light break there and I would feel like I was pressing exactly the same amount. And sometimes I would absolutely not be taking any speed off at all and just be hanging on for dear life. And then other times it would be exactly right. And I would gain two, three tenths. Um, so 
do you have a suggestion for ways to practice finding these lighter levels of breaking for people like myself? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, there's the easy solution, which is buy better gear, right? It's, it's, not, it's not easy for everyone, but it's the easiest fix. If you buy better gear, you'll have a, an easier time. We'll have more feedback in your brake pedal to know when you're on that 5%, 10%. And so uh, Matt and I have the same brakes. I think we've got the CSL load, elite, elite load. Um, then it's definitely not the gear. Okay, it's just is that means you're just rubbish, Matt. Can I just ask a question, yeah. Matt? Um, because it comes with <laughs> different <what> I meant. <laughs> stiffnesses. I put it on the hardest stiffness because I'm like, hoo ya. Are you on the hardest one as well? Uh, pretty much. I oh, think yeah. I have one eighty five oh, okay. in there with the rest of them being 95 okay and so so now we know dorian that we're limited by talent and not equipment not necessarily it could be settings it could, it be, could flex. be yeah do you have flex in your in your rig oh like yeah you press, matt, matt you're still on you an office chair aren't you? yeah um do i have flex well let's see i've got my pedals shoved up against some binders that are shoved up against a wall <laughs> Okay. And I have to keep my right foot firmly planted or the whole thing pops up in the air when I try and break. That doesn't so sound yeah, There's your problem. <laughs> I mean, easy fix. Just, you know, find, find a solution that where the brake pedal, forget about everything else. Forget the force feedback. For the, forget the brake pedal should never move. That You won't be able to develop muscle memory because that's all you want to do. You want to. Kind of educate new neurons in your brain to tell to tell you exactly when you're on that five percent. Have the 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 inputs right in front of you as you do, so your eyes will tell your brain, will tell your feet when is five percent. So uh, Matt, I take it you are you don't want to go down the play seat challenge seating or, or That's rig. Not solve this problem. Uh, no, I oh, would okay. love to go down the firmly built rig. Uh, I, aka Brad Fluence, route, if I could A, afford it, or B, had room for it in my current situation, I think the is problem probably, I have now is yeah. like, yeah, I'm just limited by space. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be an issue, Dorian. Not everybody's got a dedicated space like you have in your new pad. Oh, the, the, the rubbish rigs that I've had over the years <laughs> I know, don't same. even start. The same desk way. rigs with, mm. with, with the same solution Matt had where I had to keep my foot planted so it wouldn't move. But I wasn't trying to be competitive back then. I was just mm. doing laps, so I couldn't find my problems as easily. It's, and you constantly compare yourself to other people. It's, it's a lot easier to find your issues. It's, it's a shame. I would want Matt to have like a proper solid rig just so that you wouldn't have an excuse. Because you're just always throwing that in my face. I just, uh, look, I got to go for what I got, man. And if you're faster <laughs> than me, if you're faster than me. It, it it hurts even more because I've absolutely maxed out my rig right now. Oh, a quick, quick one. Uh, we're talking about our relative pace. Uh, we swarm, uh, we swarm series. So we're going to be swarming the uh, the GT3 Spa 24 at the end of the month. Currently, we're still swarming the F3. Matt, how much fun was it in our split two race where we had me, you, uh, Colton, Barry, Colin, uh, I think Richard was in there as well. But we had like six of us all in that split two. And for two races in a row, we had like a pack of four of us kind of, you know, up in the up in the top 10, uh, using teamwork, communicating. And uh, it was really good until I found myself behind you. And I realized I made a little mistake. You got past me. And then I realized the best team result here is if I play rear gunner to Matt. And that hurt because you were even saying, oh, if you want to get by, get by. I'm like, 
no, that's not the best thing for, for our little swarm at the moment. I have to sit <laughs> and play number two to bloody trumpets. I'd say that's that's very real life. I mean, I, I did offer I, – I actually lifted because I thought you were going to pull back in front of me. But I know you have more pace than me, slightly more pace at Suzuka. But what was interesting, like with you following me and me following you, is that we were actually faster at different parts of the track. Yeah. Yeah, because we're both wildly inconsistent, so that's likely to happen. But yeah, it was it was wonderful. I, I really loved that kind of team uh, mentality. So, uh, you know, we, we could spot like lunatics, like the lunatic aliens coming through. And I'd be yeah. literally going, hey, Colin, up front, that, that guy, like uh, Jeff, he's an absolute maniac. Trust me, give him the place. Just give it to him. Or call out people spinning ahead of you. Yeah, yeah, it's useful. absolutely saved my bacon. Thing is, though, with Dorian, you're a lone wolf. You fly alone. Or do you do any team stuff? Um, uh, I was thinking about it, but I backed out. <laughs> Fair but enough. I, I, got, I got pretty much accepted into a proper esports team, but oh. I, 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 I had to back out. Not going to name any names. It's just... It's it's a, it's a little too uh, it's a little too try hard for me. Were they a bunch of silly sausages, and you didn't like them? Um, no, no, they're a decent bunch of guys. But but the the the, the whole atmosphere of an <laughs> of that team, or maybe any esport team, is just all right. Pace, pace, show us your pace. And that was it. Yeah, no lap. What sort of lap you can do? Okay, that's good. Let's compare it to other people. Okay. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Whereas in our swarm, where it's quite supportive, you know, you make like one in in one of those scenarios I described, one of the lads who's really uh, consistent and a real team player spun in the hairpin. I just missed him, but he then took out another one of our guys behind, and it wasn't a you idiot, you've ruined everything. You know, at least it was quite supportive <laughs> and nice. And um, uh, I I want to get to. Uh, to how you're supporting the entire iRacing community, Dory. Oh, big words. This, the main reason we invited you on here in the first place is because I saw your fantastic track guide at Barcelona. And the way you kind of really patiently talked through, uh, in slow time, the best way to go around the lap. Uh, one thing that particularly impressed me was the curbs on turn one, where you were like, it is faster to do this, to, to straddle the curb, don't do that. You're not good enough. And I, I just, I just love the confidence <laughs> of that statement because it definitely applied to like 99% of the people listening to it. Those track guides are, are, are fantastic. I, I think quite, quite probably the best track guides in iRacing. But, oh, sorry, Stuffy. Second, second best. Oh, Join. no. Shots Join. fired, Stuffy. Well, Stuffy's not here. So um, uh, right. you're here. He's um, going to see this and get salty. <laughs> but you are actually doing them or i racing are using your your track guides which is incredible yeah it's it's uh i was surprised <laughs> when alex approached me uh, when i racing approached me uh yeah they saw my lmp2 track guide that i've done recently for the uh uh red bull ring yeah and uh, they they liked it and they and they asked if they could post it on their channels like of course wow. you can wow and uh i offered to do exclusive track guides for them and they're like on board. They really want to do community uh, content, so community created content, I guess. That's how you say it? And uh, so, so, so I'm just, yeah, I'm just rolling with it, you know. Yeah. No, I, honestly, I, I'm so impressed just with your channel and your content. You are woefully underfollowed. So if we can do anything about that, um, it's Dory underscore N, isn't it? Dory N. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, Matt. 
why don't we make sure we hook up a plug for that on the F1 show as well um, and, and uh, put some Aww, put a link in the show sweet. notes. No, because you do things the right way. You've got a genuine, uh, like a genuine inspiration to help the community and make the community better. And you're not just out for yourself. And I, I just, I admire that and I'm not afraid to say it. All right. All right. I'll, I'll put the money in your PayPal account later. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, well, I, I do want to say that one of the things I appreciate most about your track guides is the fact that a lot of times you will point out visual uh, minders for braking and mm. turning. A lot of times I don't see those when I'm trying to figure out laps on my own. They're super duper helpful. But that said, I do have a complaint. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Constructive yeah, criticism. We, Let's we, go. We praised you enough. That. Now, screw you. Basically, <laughs> I will watch your video and I will do exactly everything you say. And somehow yet I am still two seconds slower than you. And, and I feel like this needs to be addressed. Yeah. When are you going to fix that, Domi? When you're going to fix your brake pedals. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I mean, you're probably losing half a second left on that alone. But, uh, uh, and by the way, I'm good at improvising racing rigs. I, I made them one out of okay. cardboard pretty much, so I can help you with that. But, <laughs> that should be one of your next videos, Dory. How to make a good... How to make a ghetto uh, rig. <laughs> a, a ghetto brake setup for a desk. For, for the desk clamp setup, how do you make a secure braking? Because that's the hardest thing to set up when you've yeah. got that kind of desk clamp. Yeah, essentially, if, if you want some tips, you just got to make everything stand alone. So you want the TV to stand on its own desk yep. and, the, and, the, and the wheel to stand on another. That way the wheel won't vibrate the TV. And you want the pedals to, to lean on a wall. My old, in my old house, uh, the wall had a hole in it because of my braking. So I leaned on it that hard. <laughs> I had something to hold it in place and it was leaning against the wall, and I, I, I break with like 120 kilos of pressure sometimes. I break very hard, so it, it made a hole in the wall. I 
had, because I had a rolling chair with wheels, so when you break it just goes backwards, I had a cabinet that I would then move to insert between the back of my seat and the wall. Exactly. To stop Brilliant. It, to That's 10,000 <laughs> That's what you do. You improvise to create rigidity. That's what you do. Improvise, adapt, and overcome. So wonderfully, Dory, we've not got to uh, to really any of the topics that I had planned to get to today, but let's try and correct that now. I wanted to talk to you uh, briefly about uh, the setups in iRacing uh, because the new iRacing setups have evolved a little bit, and, and hopefully we'll have a bit of time to talk about the difference between a single-seater and, and GT3s as well. Uh, but let's start with the setups. I I posted in your your Discord earlier, Dorian, that mm-hmm. the the F three fixed is now the real F three, and the F three open is the hacker league. And I've heard so many people just breathe a sigh of relief at the F three fixed because there's no longer people just inexplicably four seconds ahead of them. Uh, and I I think I think the F three fixed has exposed at least to me. The, there's a huge problem in the in the setup world. I just feel like it's a bit broken. Yeah, and you sense that in GT3s. You sense that anywhere you'll find an open setup in a popular series. So IMSA, ESS, VRS, F3, for example. Everything where you can really have a lot of op- different options to uh, adjust the car in, there's tons and tons of exploits there. There's probably not a lot of exploits in the MX-5 because there's barely any setup options. But the more buttons you get to push, there's more exploits to be found. Mm. And one could say it's only fair because it happens in a real world where uh, a company like Mercedes invests more time, more money, more talent into setting up a car and end up with a better result. But those are clear uh, what they're doing with Esports level setups are clear exploits. They're bugs in the system yeah. that shouldn't exist, and they're taking it to a whole other level. You're running 20% the wing everyone else is, yet you're more stable. And I've, I've driven those setups. Yeah. <laughs> and I can tell you, you're basically a god. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're taking a 3K pleb and you're putting them in a 6K. Cake split and he's doing great. Yeah, I mean, I I I found uh, a setup. Someone shared it with me at Spa, and it was the negative rake setup. And yeah, a little bit harder. Was it you? I can't remember if it was you that shared that. A little bit harder, so. but it, I but it, think so. But it was like more than half a second a lap for free, and you just go, oh, okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> six months ago, Spa F three, there was an exploit that was patched. Then the the car's right height was at a certain when you got it to a certain sweet spot, a certain level, you can minimize the wing by eighty percent and not lose grip in the corners. Oh. So that ended up with people who are two, two, three seconds faster than me. Yeah. And I just yeah. I did I did the work and I was two tenths off the VRS lap times because they can't cheat. They're selling those things yeah. and they promote it on iRacing. And people who are two, three seconds in me, I was like, I'm doing, I'm doing something wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna back out. I didn't race that week. Yeah, and that was a huge bummer. And thank God that I racing are at least doing more fixed series. But yeah, but well, it's an evolution, isn't it? So it's an evolution with these setups. When they first came out, I think people were a little bit disappointed. Um, they were a bit hit and miss, and they were off pace. But I, I think we've all noticed an improvement. 
where now between the fixed, say, fixed F3, sorry to fixate on F3, between the fixed F3 and the open series, most of our swarm drivers at our kind of middling level, once they get used to the iRacing setup, they're not changing when they go back to the open. There might be a tenth or two in it, but they're just like, no, no, I'll just stick with this. They've been decent. Really decent. I've In my track guide, I was three tenths off VRS with mm. the fixed setup. I didn't make any adjustments. Usually I'll make some adjustments. I was like, nope, this is fine. I tried to reduce downforce, didn't work. It was right where it needed to be, and it was super easy to drive, and that's what you want out of the setup. It wasn't as potentially quick as a, a very competitive setup, but so easy to drive that I can be right on limit the whole race and, and you know the whole lap, and it was, it was really good. They really nailed it with the yeah. fixed F3 setups. So as they get better at doing their, their own setups in general... I, I can see a place for open setups. Say, for example, okay, there's the odd league, say uh, 3.5 or or Formula One, the the McLaren. That's your that's an open setup, and it's like a highly technical league. But for the vast majority of the participation series, they could just have like we supply on our Missed Apex series a safe setup, uh, a medium setup, and a a pro setup, and, and and just go right. There's your three. You pick between them but you just get rid of all the potential for like these weird exploits, which are, they're frankly, they're game breaking, aren't they? And they're going to spend forever chasing them. Yeah. It's very apparent in top split. If I'll go into VRS sprint right now, which is a 40 minute race open setup. And I'll, and the same, we're talking about the same people, same soft, same strength of field, let's say 4k strength of field. Uh, I'll end up uh, with a paid setup. A setup will cost me $2 or something. I'll end up in the top 10 somewhere. So 7th, 8th, 5th, if I'm having a really good race. Right now in fixed, I'm podium, 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 podium. 2nd, 3rd, 1st sometimes because we're really stacked up against each other. I'm not even using the best car. I'm just using the car I'm used to. But everybody are limited by the same thing. And uh, I'm having way more fun. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, Dorian, last thing I want to bother you with while you're here, while we've got you, is uh, is something that will benefit me in particular. And most of the content on this show is me asking advice on things that will benefit me specifically. So, uh, <laughs> I love it. Firstly, Matt, we're moving from single-seaters. I know you've done a lot of endurance stuff, but how are you feeling about our, our, our foray into a bit of endurance? We're looking at the Spa 24, which is all GT3. I have zero confidence going into that. Uh, having driven the odd tin top, I can't drive them. I'm terrible. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm I'm delighted because, frankly, my SR needs some <laughs> needs the kind of help that a 24 hour race can give it. After all this F3 driving, I'm a 2.5 right now. I'm at a 2.5. But I, I will I will tell you that the key from my point of view, and and having raced with people who are faster than me, almost everyone is faster than me. Usually, it's a big struggle to get, you know there or thereabouts with my fastest lap. And then, but the real thing is, can I be consistent and can I not drive into walls and or other cars? That's really the key to every stint you run between the first one Mm. and the last one. So if you can put in consistent lap times without crashing the car, then you are invaluable, invaluable driver for any endurance team. Okay, okay, slow up. You are way ahead of my level here when you're talking about your fancy not crashing okay i'm not there i'm not there at all dorian i know you've been doing some gt3 videos 
Is there anything you can do to just go like, okay, listen here, single seater, dumb, dumb. This is what you've got to do to get into a GT3. What mindset do I need to change? Yeah. Well, we talked about uh, weight transfers uh, earlier. So basically, you want to take everything I said about that and crank it up to 11. Oh. Because there is so much more weight and so much more suspension travel. It seems like they're not moving around a lot, but compared to F3, they're, you know, they're mountain bikes. They're moving around <laughs> okay. like crazy. And managing that weight, being gentle with the car, I keep telling people in my uh, Israeli iRacing League, you got to tell the car, you have to tell the car what you're going to do before you're going to do it, or it just won't respond. It's too heavy. The F3, you can turn on a dime, you can stop on a dime. Yeah, It's not a problem. There's no weight there. But with the F with the GT3s, you have to really rotate slowly. Let it know. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna rotate the car now. <laughs> like warning. I'm, I'm gonna turn in. I'm gonna look for the apex. So is that okay? And she's gonna tell you. The car is gonna tell you. Look, uh, I'm not sure that's a great idea. Okay, I'll open up the wheel now. <laughs> it's arguing okay? with you mid corner. Yeah, she's having a discussion with you because you're going so s- stupidly slowly mm-hmm. compared to F3. So she, she, it's a whole conversation every corner. You're just, is this okay? Are you feeling okay with that? Yeah. Okay. Great. I'm gonna turn in some more. No. Okay. Fine. Because you have the time to uh, kind of see that coming. It's it's, it's about patience, Dorian, and uh, just you know, not just in i racing, just in life in general. I'm not, you know, I'm someone who is now. I go back and watch ET, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so long and boring. <laughs> Nothing's happening. Uh, <laughs> so I, re- I think it's gonna take a, a mindset adjustment here. So you, you, it really is like patience. Everything is slowed down but with everything slowed down a little bit does that give me as a single seater driver uh, more of a, an opportunity to kind of actually work on some core skills in a slightly slower time coming in from f3s into gt3s if you'll adapt the mindset of your you if you if you adapt to the fact that you're driving a much heavier machine you're just gonna you're gonna have some advantages because you're gonna be uh more comfortable pushing the car because all of a sudden you're good on the curbs. You're you're always used to being so careful on the curbs. Yep. Now you can you know just go across them like crazy, and uh, and be more aggressive. You have traction control. You have ABS. You can save the car yes. easy, so easier. And uh, yeah, just try not to drive it like an F3, but definitely use use its advantages over the F3. And and which way do you think is easier? Going from F3 to GT3 or GT3 back? Mm, no idea no okay no idea it's easier to be consistent i I can say about like i I don't know how to make that comparison because i don't remember what i drove first but it's easier to be consistent on gt3s way 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 easier they're not as sharp everything's a little bit slower so for a boomer like me with 15 second (laughs) reaction time it's a lot easier to keep the car on the track at the same sort of You're pace. You're not a boomer. Look at your fantastic complexion. Okay, look, Matt's, Matt's 55. Uh, it will be in about a month. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm 40. How old are you, Dory? 33. So I'm not oh, technically as boomer as you. You're a millennial. You're a little... I get beaten oh, by 14-year-olds in pop split, okay? <laughs> I'm a boomer. I'm a freaking boomer compared to those guys. I, um, I do have to remember, I think there is a relatively mature community in iRacing. It's not like like I jumped on Onward on Rift on, on Oculus 
and suddenly like there was literally like nine-year-olds and ten-year-olds in there which which ruined it for me but you have to kind of remember sometimes when you're doing iRacing you go I'm a fully grown-up 40-year-old man here and if I'm gonna get angry at some kid who's like wiped me out I'm just like I'm like I could just be yelling at a 15-year-old yet another reason to have the game chat off yeah, I'd had, I'd, I did that a few times. <laughs> did you? I couldn't possibly imagine you losing it on Game Chat, Dory. Couldn't imagine uh, it. I, I I try not to do these days. <laughs> Me too. I try not to do But I, I used to be struggle. terrible at it. Yeah, I used to be. I used to be like, I'm not gonna even think. I'm just gonna push that push the talk button and everything that is <laughs> your anger that has built up inside of me for 30 years is going to come out <laughs> oh, at not, that very moment not even just, just racing terrible. anger just life yeah. anger everything yeah. everything mortgage everything yeah, yeah, just yeah. right there <laughs> this is for all the sundays wasted at sunday school they, yeah, they didn't exactly. mention the dinosaurs once all that kind of thing. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. That's a good place to uh, leave it. If you want to follow Dory, uh, I can't promise the links will be in the show notes below because I'm bad at the show notes. Matt normally does it for me with F1. But we could link to all Dory's stuff, couldn't we, Matt? Uh, yeah, we certainly could. Yeah. What's the, what's, the, what's the main thing we should look out for on your media platforms, Dory? Uh, what do you mean? Like, what's, like what are you boasting channel? about? What's your flex? What's your, like, follow me for this? I did this um, great video on a thing. Track guides and when I do a race videos, uh, race videos, I talk about my mindset. And if you want to, you know, try to improve your racecraft, I try to give some information on that when I do race videos as well. Oh, your best recent video is the I'm going to drive deliberately, conservatively, let a bunch of people through, not fight people, not be an idiot. And look, it still worked out fine. When was that? It was like you were you were tr- you were fed up with. I think this is just before you nearly quit F3 for good. And you did a video where you were like, okay, look, I'm not going to fight this early battle. Let them go ahead and crash. Oh, yeah, yeah. When starting from the back, you really yeah. have to do that. You really have to do that, especially when there's a big pace difference. Fair enough. You can follow Matt as well, I suppose, at MattPT55 on Twitter. You don't make videos or anything, though. Lazy. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just rant into the ether. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. On Twitter and Facebook, yeah, okay. you post pictures of trumpets. Yeah, and food that my daughter bakes, to be fair. Okay, yeah, we'll go follow Matt. Go find uh, Matt Trumpets on Facebook in the account that we bullied him to have. <laughs> follow Dory by searching for, for Dory underscore N on YouTube. Follow this show at iRacing Podcast and me at Spanners Ready. Until we see you next, work hard, be kind, and have fun. Let's get faster. I'm not convinced with that catchphrase. <laughs> with the F1 we've got, we live F1. Let's get faster. I don't know, Matt. I'm not convinced. Let's go racing. Let's go racing, kind of. I could could just go, we live iRacing. But then if my wife ever heard that, she'd be like, I knew it. I knew iRacing was more important to you than... Busted would be the single word coming out of her mouth. Like, day to day, (laughs) iRacing isn't more important than my family. But when I'm iRacing... Like, I never, I'm like, oh, I wonder how my family will be. Like, it never, <laughs> it never invades that space. I'm in an iRacing bubble, and I'm happy with that. Yeah. Excellent. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.